keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you on this Thursday, December the 22nd. 2022. Praise be to God. Kendra Tierney's back on the program today. Did you know she has a show on Formed, her liturgical living program? Good family-friendly entertainment. I highly encourage you to check it out. But we're going to talk to her about that. She has a Christmas Eve special. Are we supposed to be fasting? Is that a part of the tradition of the church? We're going to ask her that at 35 past the hour. And uh, she has, I guess, a special German recipe just for fasting. So we're going to talk to her. So uh, stick around for that. But here's a question that I'm sure that you've probably run into. I know I have a bunch of times. We've seen it online, at the office, with coworkers, family members, just strangers. December the 25th is totally invented by you Christians. You, you stole it from the pagans. It's all a lie. Well, is it? Well, I want to talk about that at 15 past the hour. Uh, what are some of the historical evidences we might look at to uh, come to the conclusion that December the 25th was by intention, and it is the actual date. We're going to talk about that coming up, so join us. Brent Haynes will be on the program at the top of the next hour. We're going to talk about that relationship between Twitter and the FBI, which, by the way, the $1.7 trillion omnibus bill that is being trying to uh, get passed through Congress without ever reading the 4,000-plus page deal has a lot of money just so the FBI can go after Face Act violations, like our good friend Mark Houck, for instance. So we'll talk to Brent about that in the next hour. Planned Parenthood in uh, Kansas is all about telemedicine. This is the new wave. No need to have a protest outside your door when you can just mail the abortifacients to these teenagers, because that's what they're going after in Kansas. Tim Robbins, you remember this guy, Shawshank Redemption? Arguably one of the greatest films uh, ever, Shawshank Redemption, a Christ-like character. Well, uh, he has come out and said, mea culpa, mea maxima culpa for hating on everybody who didn't wear masks, lockdown, and, and all the rest. Hey, Toyota's president, do you love Toyota? Toyota's president has come out and said, yeah, this whole push to have us only produce EVs, probably not a good idea. At some point, we probably should diversify. You think? Golly, you is. All Saints, along with Holy Trinity Church in Lowborough, England. Lowborough, England has come out and totally revamped an old church a Christmas carol favorite. Now they're going to, uh, <clears throat> you know, uh, redo it for, you know, homosexuals, women, and other people. Are you listening to uh, hymns at your parish that have been hijacked and, re- and rewritten for woke causes? If so, maybe an indicator to move. I'm just just curious. Calgary has arrested a pastor for feeding the homeless people. Kind of reminds me of the old school days of Houston, Texas. And two-thirds of Republicans say 2022 was one of the worst years in American history. Democrats, however, have a much more bright and vibrant outlook on 2022, suggesting that, uh, you know, it was pretty good. It wasn't bad overall. So, Clearly, there is a great divide in our country these days. Good morning to you, Adrian Fonseca. Howdy, howdy. Praise be to God. It's good to be here. Is it? It is on this Thursday before mm-hmm. Christmas, meaning we're not going to be in tomorrow. Um, you didn't yeah. get the memo? Yeah. We have decided mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. it would be unfair yes. of us to right. take tomorrow off okay. if, uh-huh. if people in right. other religions yes. 
Actually, actually, they take Christmas they, off, yeah, too. Yeah, they do. Darn they it. do. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, well, enjoy your day off. All those people who are celebrating Kwanzaa, all three of you, <laughs> uh, happy uh, Kwanzaa to you because you're getting the day off because uh, it's not a real holiday. I, You know, in all seriousness, I used to work closely with uh, Muslim counterparts in Indonesia, uh-huh. and they would all take Christmas off. Everybody takes Christmas yeah. off. I mean, if they're going to give you a day off, who would not take it? Yeah. Right? They, they got more holidays off than I did. Of course. Christmas. Like, they got all the Christian holidays plus the Muslim ones. Good Friday. Yeah, exactly. I didn't get those off. Yeah, what's up with that? But no, nonetheless, so tomorrow we're going to be playing our interview with the Oni Bell on a Mm -hmm. Eucharistic home. And then on Monday, we will also not be in. So that means we will be playing a show of best of, which I have not chosen yet. So I can't Mm -hmm. tell you what to expect. But don't worry. It'll be the best of. It'll be absolutely the best that you can offer. Only, Only the best. All right. We have a lot to get to today. Do join us and share us with a friend. We would be grateful. Also, we're giving out prizes today. That's right. Second Tower. Our Fear and Trembling Trivia Game Show. If you've never played, join us. You can get one last opportunity to win the prize pack this week that we're mailing out. So uh, stick around. That's in the second hour. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother, To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Now for your headline news. The Epic Times reports government funding bill stalled by Senator Mike Lee's fight to keep Title 42 in place. Lee's amendment to the bipartisan bill would cut funding for Homeland Security and uh, the, uh, the Homeland Security Office, unless the Biden administration reinstates that Trump-era policy, which allows Border Patrol agents to expel illegal aliens immediately without asylum pr- uh, processing if they are deemed to pose a health threat amid the COVID-19 pandemic. Nigeria terror attacks kill 46 despite hopes for peaceful Christmas, according to The Pillar. At least 46 villagers were killed last week in northern Nigeria in two separate attacks believed to have been perpetuated by a group of Fulani herdsmen. Attackers reportedly lit fire to houses in two villages late in the evening of December the 11th. Humanitarian agencies report that some victims were burnt alive as they slept. The violence continued in attacks on two other villages in the days following. Local survivors have said their villages had not previously been clashed with by Fulani herdsmen, suggesting to them that the attacks were religiously motivated. The Daily Caller is reporting Republicans poised to approve massive FBI funding boost in wake of Twitter file revelations. Yeah, that's fun. The bill designated $11.33 billion. That's with the B for the FBI to investigate extremist violence and domestic terrorism, according to a summary of the bill by the House Appropriations Committee. The total is reportedly $569.6 million more than the enacted levels for the 2022 fiscal year and $524 million more than the persistent, uh, the president requested, rather. The FBI reportedly paid Twitter $3.5 million as compensation For the staff fielding the agency's request between October uh, 2019 and February 2021, 
as was revealed during Elon Musk's ongoing Twitter file series, which leaked the information showing Twitter's hand in suppressing users. The files also revealed that the FBI had close relations with Twitter staff and was involved in the suppression of the New York Post's article regarding Hunter's Hunter Biden's laptop ahead of the 2020 election. So thanks, Republicans, for giving them even more of our hard-earned tax dollars. Asia News reports sit-in by Christian tribals against the violence of Hindu nationalists. In the district of Naranpur, hundreds are asking for complaints to be registered against groups who, instigated by local politicians, attacked and evict those who convert to Christianity from their homes. According to the complaint, only on Sunday 18th of December, just as Christmas was approaching, 50 people were beaten and driven from their homes. But throughout December, there were 21 separate such incidents in the area. And 15 on the 15th of November, there was even more back in October as well. So let's pray for Christians around the world who are enduring great persecution. And those are your headline news. The saint of the day is Saint Hunger. I'm pretty sure it's probably pronounced Ungar or something like that. But I'm going to just say Hunger. But first, today is the Feast of the Approval of the Order of Preachers by Pope Honorius III on December 22nd, 1216. And because of that, it is also of the Blessed Virgin Mary over the Dominican Order. Devotion to the Mother of God is traditional in the Order from the days of its founder, and the tokens of her maternal protection have never been wanting. From her, the Order received the habit and the rosary, And to the holy patriarch Mary showed in a vision his children gathered under her mantle. Here is the prayer from Vespers today to Our Lady for the Dominican Order. O God, who has been pleased that the order of preachers should be instituted for the salvation of souls under the most special patronage of the most blessed Virgin Mary, and should be weighed down with the profusion of her perpetual benefits, grant to us thy supplements that we may be brought to heavenly glory, protected by the assistance of her whose commemoration we this day celebrate through Christ our Lord. Amen. St. Hunger was the Bishop of Utrecht from 854 to 866. After the death of his predecessor, Ludger of Utrecht, Ludger's nephew, Kraft, was offered the seat. However, Kraft was a very wealthy person and refused because he was afraid that he would attract Viking raids. Instead, the canon Hunger was appointed. At first, his relations with the Vikings were peaceful, but eventually, Utrecht was threatened by the Vikings, which caused the bishop and the entire clergy to flee to St. Olden Erberg near Roldenmond. In 858, King Lothair II made a monastery available to them. Later, the bishop settled in Prum and then in Deventer. Hunger seemed to have been a godly man who, unlike his predecessors, did not engage in nepotism. In the case of the childless marriage between Lothair II and his wife Tuteburga, he defended the sanctity of their marriage on biblical and theological grounds. But to secure his secession, Lothair II repudiated his wife and married Waldrada, with whom he had a son. St. Hunger died in Prum in Germany in 866. His feast day is today, the 22nd of December. St. Hunger... Pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Luke chapter 1, verses 46 through 56. 
Mary said, My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked upon his lowly servant. From this day all generations will call me blessed. The Almighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. He has mercy on those who fear him in every generation. He has shown the strength of his arm. He has scattered the proud in their conceit. He has cast down the mighty from their thrones. He has lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has come to the help of his servant Israel, for he remembered his promises of mercy, the promise he made to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his children forever. Mary remained with Elizabeth about three months and then returned to her home. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Origen would say, but the soul first magnifies the Lord, that it may afterwards rejoice in God. For unless we have first believed, we cannot rejoice. Close quote, Origen. Father McKeevely, writing in the uh, 19th century, said, uh, As if Mary had said, Elizabeth, you praise me. You congratulate me on the wonderful things God has been pleased to do for me. But knowing that of myself I am and have nothing, that all these come to me from the infinite bounty of God, I do therefore in the fullness of truth and with the deepest feelings of gratitude extol his goodness and merciful bounty. Going on to say, the canticle, the first of the New Testament and the most perfect ever composed or uttered, is not unlike that of Anna, the mother of Samuel, uttered under similar circumstances. My heart hath rejoiced in the Lord. And my horn is exalted in my God in 1 Kings 2.1. It may be said to consist of three parts. The virgin recounts the singular benefits conferred on herself and blesses God for them. Above all, for the conception of the Son of God in her womb. In the second part, she praises God for the blessings bestowed on the entire Jewish people at all times before the advent of the Son of God, making special allusion to the victories of God's people over Pharaoh and the Canaanite nations. In the third part, she refers to the mystery of the Incarnation promised of old to the fathers. She goes, he goes on to say, she prefers using the term my soul to convey that her praises and the ardent expression of her gratitude proceeded from her inmost soul and all its faculties, from the feelings of the most intense, from all her strength, from her whole intellect and memory, her will, from all her spiritual factor, fact, faculties of her mind, from all her senses of her body, from her tongue to speak of him only. Think about that today. How much more Our Lady magnifies the Lord than you and me. We'll be right back. Hope. The Catholic Encyclopedia has much to say about hope. Going online to newadvent.org, we see hope explained as the desire and expectation of future good. Each of us prays and looks to the situations and events of our lives with a desire and expectation good awaits us. We pray for the ultimate good, a close and intimate relationship with God. During Advent, we also look to the prophecy candle of hope. The prophet Isaiah foretold of the coming of Jesus. As Christians, we must stay firm in our expectation of goodness, for our salvation lies in seeing goodness in people and focusing on our relationship with God. Jesus said that the kingdom of God is now. Like a guiding star in the night, hope is born, 
as we turn our desires and expectations to God. This has been a bit of Catholic encouragement from Michael Gisandi. I turned from a recreational drug user to a drug addict. That took me to my knees. I lost a family, almost two families. I lost friends. Now that I'm back in the Catholic Church, I'm a new person. I love it. I love it. My heart's there. I took communion after 18 years, and the rest of the Mass I sat and cried. God restored my life. God restored my family. God restored my love. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for any reason, visit catholicscomehome.org today. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Coming up at 35 past the hour, Kendra Tierney is going to be our guest. Liturgical living, Catholic all year. She has a show on Formed. Augustine Institute's Formed, Formed.org. Uh, have I mentioned how much I support Formed? I really love Formed. I would encourage you to check out Formed today. Some great content there. And we're going to talk about her program on that platform. And she has an episode specific to Christmas Eve, which is whew, fast approaching. And uh, how to prepare for that. Did you know we're supposed to be fasting? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're going to talk to her about that coming up 35 past the hour. Do join us if you can. But I know that you've encountered this. Okay. We all have either a neighbor, a coworker, a friend, a family member, but most importantly, it happens online every year at Christmas time. We are told December the 25th is a complete fiction. It was totally made up. Those early Christians, they stole the date away from the pagans because they were trying to convert them. So we just artificially created this, invented this idea that Jesus was born on December the 25th. Just to, just to uh, hijack a pagan holiday. Is that true? Well, we had this conversation with John Sorensen. What was that? Two years ago, Adrian. It's been a Feels while. Like it. Yeah, it's been a long time. Maybe you should include that in the best of. That's a good idea. It's a recommendation. Pull out, pull out a classic there. Um, he has an article. I'm going to quote part of, and then I'm going to go to Taylor Marshall's article, which I think is even more detailed. But let's talk first about these pagan holidays. That you have been told. We stole the date from them, did we? Saturnella. Saturnella was the feast dedicated to the Roman god of Saturn. Established around the year 220 BC. This feast was originally celebrated on December the 17th. Eventually, the feast was extended to, uh, to last an entire week, ending on December the 23rd. The supposed connection to Christmas is based on the proximity of the two festivals to each other. This can be found repeatedly on the Internet, as we've already established. This, if the suggestion were correct, one would expect to find at least a single reference by early Christians to support this. In other words, you might see some internal communications amongst Christians to say, hey, guys, guess what we're doing? Are you, join us here. We're going to go ahead and hijack this date of Saturnella, and we're going to Christianize this. Uh, this is the plan. This is what we're going to do. It's going to be great. It's going to include lights on your house, wreaths. We're going to go ahead and steal the pagan Christmas tree, too, while we're at it. I mean, it's going to be a good time, guys. Join us. But we don't see those internal communications. Which, by the way, have you ever bothered to look what the early Christian documents are? You ought to. Do challenge yourself, maybe in 2023, to read some of these documents. The, uh, uh, the, The fragments that exist that give us insights, the whole documents... It's a fascinating look into the earliest days of the 
body of Christ. The article goes on to talk about, well, what about Sol Invictus? Okay, if Saturnella, if there's no evidence that we hijack Saturnella, what about Sol Invictus? John says the feast of Sol Invictus was the attempt by the Roman emperor Aurelian to reform the cult of Sol, the Roman sun god, and uh, reintroduce it to his people, inaugurating Sol's temple and holding games for the first time in A.D. 274. Not only was this festival not annual, but it also cannot be historically documented as having been established on December the 25th by Aurelian. According to inscriptions on candle votives and other ancient works of art, there is a link between there is a link between Mithras and Sol Invictus. In some cases, it appears that Mithras believed that Mithras and Sol were two different manifestations of the same god. In others, they appear to be two gods united as one. These connections are difficult to understand given our limited knowledge of their belief systems, but they are important because they help to explain why skeptics claim that the birthday of Mithras was celebrated December the 25th. A manuscript known as the Chronography of 354 shows the birth of Sol Invictus being celebrated on December the 25th. Given the fact that the Mithraists equated their god with Sol in one way or another, it is understandable that they may have appropriated the date as their own. The problem for the skeptic is that no evidence exists to suggest that Aurelian was a Mithraist, or that he even had Mithraism in mind when he instituted the Feast of Sol Invictus. The connection of Mithra on December the 25th is only coincidental. The death blow to both the Mithraist and Sol Invictus parallels is that the chronography of 354 is the earliest mention of any pagan god being celebrated on December the 25th, the celebration of birth of Christ by Christians is also mentioned on the calendar as having been celebrated on that day, which diminishes the likelihood that the pagan feast came first. At the very least, it negates the claim that it, came, that it can be proved from the historical record that any December the 25th pagan festival predates the Christian tradition. So what does all this mean? Let me summarize. This Sol Invictus thing that you're going to be told by your neighbors, your friends, your coworkers, friends, you know, whomever that we stole, that we hijacked, came after. First came Christmas, the birth of Christ, and then comes a pagan attempt to create a holiday on December the 25th. So who hijacked what? So if you go to the Taylor Marshall article over on his website, taylormarshall.com, December the 25th is historical birthday of Christ. Mary and Tradition, this is a, a, among a series of posts. I don't even know when he posted this. This could be years old at this point. I'm not even sure. Yeah, he posted this back in 2011. The first argument Taylor brings to the table is, Our Lady would not have forgotten the birth of her son. Like, hello, where do you think Luke got all of his data for his gospel? Uh, he got it from Our Lady by speaking to Our Lady, by knowing about the events that took place that led to his birth and his life. So our lady's testimony on this should not be discounted. We shouldn't fluff off so frivolously the, the actual witness of sacred scripture because it's based on the witness of our lady, the apostles themselves. So there's that. But then he goes on to say, Pope St. Talosphorus reigned from AD 126 to 137. He instituted the tradition of midnight mass on Christmas Eve. So, why would you have a midnight mass on Christmas Eve if you weren't celebrating something? 
Does one does AD one twenty six to one thirty seven predate Sol Invictus by a long shot? Yes, yes, of course it does. He goes on to say, although the Liber Pontificalis does not give us the date of Christmas, it assumes that Christmas was already being celebrated by the Pope and that a Mass at midnight was added. I don't doubt the tradition at all. So the midnight Mass tradition goes back to the second century, to the first half of the second century, AD 126. Considering that the Apostle John himself lived past AD 100, you're not that far removed from the apostles themselves, let alone the living memory of seeing firsthand our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ preach and suffer and die and rise again. I mean, it's not all that far away. Taylor goes on to say, if we move about 70 years later, St. Hippolytus writes in passing that the birth of Christ occurred on a Wednesday on December the 25th. St. Hippolytus wrote this sometime between AD 200 and 211. Here's the quote. The first advent of our Lord is the flesh. Our, the first advent of our Lord in the flesh occurred when he was born in Bethlehem, was December the 25th, a Wednesday, while Augustus was in his 42nd year, which is 5,500 years from Adam. He suffered in the 33rd year. March the 25th, Friday, the 18th year of Tiberius Caesar, while Rufus and Rubelion were consuls. Close quote, St. Hippolytus of Rome, about the year 200 A.D. Does 200 A.D. predate Sol Invictus? Why, yes, yes, it does. Because you might recall what we said about Sol Invictus came in A.D. 274. So 74 years prior to Sol Invictus being established as a holiday on December the 25th, you already have Hippolytus talking about the birthday of our Lord on December the 25th. You already have the Pope 70 years before even that. So you're, now you're talking 130 years before you already have a midnight mass going on in celebration of the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Taylor goes on to say, also note in the quote above the special significance of March the 25th, which marks the death of Christ. March the 25th was seen to correspond to the Hebrew month of Nisan the 14, the traditional date of the crucifixion. Christ, as the perfect man, was believed to have been conceived and died on the same day, March the 25th. In his uh, Chronicon, St. Hippolytus states that the earth was created on March the 25th, 5,500 B.C. Thus, March the 25th was identified by the Church Fathers as the creation date of the world, the date of the Annunciation and Incarnation of Christ, and the date of the death of Christ our Savior. In the Syrian Church, March 25th, uh, or the Feast of the Annunciation, was seen as one of the most important feasts of the entire year. It denoted the day that God took up his abode in the womb of the Virgin. In fact, if the Annunciation and Good Friday came into conf conflict on the calendar, the Annunciation trumped it. So important was the day in the Syrian tradition, it goes without saying that the Syrian Church preserved some of the most ancient Christian traditions and had a sweet and profound devotion for Mary and the Incarnation of Christ. Now then, March the 25th was enshrined in the early Christian tradition, and from this date, it is easy to discern the date of Christ's birth. March the 25th, Christ conceived by the Holy Ghost, plus nine months brings us to what? December the 25th, the birth of Christ 
at Bethlehem. St. Augustine confirms this tradition of March the 25th as the Messianic conception and December 25th as his birth. St. Augustine says, quote, For Christ is believed to have been conceived on the 25th of March, upon which day also he suffered. So the womb of the Virgin in which he was conceived, where no one of mortals was begotten, corresponds to the new grave in which he was buried, wherein was never man laid, neither before him nor since, but he was born according to tradition upon December the 25th, close quote, St. Augustine. There's a lot more evidence one could point to, to, in fact, you might remember, uh, we talked to Gabriel Castillo about Our Lady of Guadalupe, and one of the mir- miraculous uh, aspects of the quality of the image was how uh, a, a gyne- I think it was a gynecologist, did he say, Adrian, who said that based on looking, just looking at this image, he was able to determine that she was based on when she appeared and based uh, on when she would give birth, it would be December the 25th. That was one of the evidences for the miracles of the Tilma of Our Lady of Guadalupe. There's so much more that can be said here. But the point is, you should have confidence. Do not feel uh, doubt in your mind on the date of December the 25th when you are encountered by people in your neighborhood, in your friends, in your family, uh, online in particular. A lot of things happen uh, on social media where they, they, they make these wild claims about how Christians invented this all. Well, well, well before Sol Invictus, well before Constantine was ever born, the church in her patrimony and her tradition and her wisdom celebrated the feast of the birth of Christ on December the 25th. So you too should enjoy such a tradition. Keep it alive. Make it real. Make it awesome. And share it with friends and family this year. Don't go anywhere. We're going to be right back. We have more news and kindred tyrannies all coming up next. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Christmas Minute. Since we are all children, we all associate Christmas with Christmas presents. G.K. Chesterton says that everything looks better when it's a gift. A gift is something we don't deserve. If we deserved it, it would not be a gift. And that's why the only possible response to a gift is gratitude. And that is why we hear in the Mass, as we will hear at Christ's Mass, we do well always and everywhere to give you thanks. Everything we have is a gift. And that is why Chesterton says, thanks is the highest form of thought. That's why the word Eucharist means thanksgiving. The best kind of giving, says Chesterton, is thanksgiving. Want more than a minute? Visit us at Chesterton.org. Hi, I'm Debbie Giorgiani. And I'm Adam Bly. We're the hosts of The Spirit World every Saturday morning on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Join us as we help answer your questions on angels, demons, and how the physical and spiritual worlds interact. That's The Spirit World from the Station of the Cross studios every Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Central, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network.
Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Adrian Fonseca here, keeping you informed and inspired. Today is Thursday, December 22nd, just three more days until Christmas. And now, more headline news. According to BaptistNews.com, a well-known Christian pop singer, Amy Grant, will host a same-sex wedding of her niece. Grant told the Washington Post, Honestly, from a faith perspective, I do always say, Jesus, you just narrowed it down to two things, love God and love each other. I mean, hey, that's pretty simple. What Amy forgets is that our Lord said, if you love God, you will keep his commandments. Also, it's not loving to confirm someone in their sin that would lead them to damnation. According to Wiltshire Times, Wiltshire man dies after waiting 13 hours for an ambulance. A 77-year-old man died in his Wiltshire home after waiting more than 12 hours for an ambulance. A Southwestern Ambulance Service NHS Foundation Trust spokesperson said, We are sorry that we were unable to provide a timely response to Mr. Easterbrook, and we would like to offer our sincere condolences to his family and loved ones. Health and social care services are under enormous pressure. We are worked with our partners in the NHS and social care to do all we can to improve the service that patients receive. What we learn here is that socialized health care works. It's free, it's equal, and the wait times are still better than being at an amusement park. Technology Network reports drug combination alleviates long COVID brain fog in small pilot study. People living with long COVID often report significant and persistent cognitive defects collectively termed brain fog, whilst what we call brain frog. After an extensive case study of a whopping 12 participants, that's right, 1, 2, 12 participants, they have determined that you need to be on ADHD medicine. Kids, if anyone tells you you have ADHD, pay no attention. <laughs> According to LifeSite News, Trump speaks at so-called conservative gay right group gala in Mar-a-Lago. We're still trying to figure out what they're trying to conserve. Trump said, we are fighting for the gay community and we are fighting and fighting hard. The NigerianVote.com said, he has decided like King Solomon to openly court the enemies of God, thereby causing dismay among his supporters and highly scandalizing the young. I love the Nigerian vote. (laughs) And this is where I throw my hat in the ring. So vote Adrian for king. And those were your headline news this morning. God love you. Yeah. Vote Adrian for king, huh? Oh, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm going to write mm-hmm. that down. Yes. I'm, the, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping the NigerianVote.com will, will endorse me. I'm making a note. Uh, good, 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 good. All right. Praise be to God. Well, there's your, your headline news. Thank you, uh, Adrian, for keeping us up today. Don't worry. A, a Rudy will be back next week. So it's not going to be this bad forever. We will survive this. But uh, Kendra Tierney is our guest back on with us via Zoom chat all the way from sunny California. Good morning to you, Kendra Tierney. Good morning. It's it's not sunny here yet. It's sunny somewhere, Kendra. It's sunny (laughs) somewhere. Uh, We're glad to see you again. Uh, Thanks for coming on with us. Uh, You have a show on formed.org. Uh, I highly encourage everybody to check out Formed. I love Formed. Uh, my family and I have benefited from Formed now for years, praise be to God. And you've uh, developed your content that you've been putting on YouTube for some time into a show that's now on there called Liturgical Living. Tell us about the program first. Yeah, it's called Catholic All Year at Home, and the idea is to take the way that my family um, observes feast days in the home 
uh, what I've been talking about on my blog and, and in my book, The Catholic All Year Compendium, uh, and just show people how we do it. Because I know that as much as I try to encourage people and tell every, tell people that anybody can do this, um, I know how intimidating it can be. And I, I specifically remember reading the, the, uh, the OG liturgical living in the home books that were written in the sixties. Um, one by Mary Reed Newland and another by, uh, by Maria von Trapp. Mm-hmm. I remember really feeling called to, you know, to observe the faith in the home more found these books, read them, thought it sounded like a really lovely idea that there was no way I could possibly handle, that I that there was no way I could do it. And I really put the books away for months and and it took a long time to uh to sort of to to build up the courage to try to to try to incorporate some of these practices. So what I want to do is show people mm-hmm. how it actually looks in our house. Um so the the show um uh, just sort of gives you a peek inside my actual kitchen in my house with my kids at us preparing some feast day foods. And I explain the associations with the feast days. And uh, there's there's two episodes more, uh, two episodes now, but more will be coming. <laughs> yeah, we watched them last night as a family, as a matter of fact. Uh, so incorporating your kids into this program was was really interesting and neat, too. So how do your kids feel about being on camera and being a part of the action? It's like maybe this is a slick way to get them to cook and do chores more by saying, hey, we're just, <laughs> we're just doing it on camera for the audience. And then uh, maybe I just film my kids cleaning the house and they'll think that's cool all of a sudden. <laughs> Yeah, um, we, we wanted to sort of, we were inspired, uh, for the show by some, you know, more well-known lifestyle type shows and they mostly don't include their families in it. And so I wasn't planning to, to put the kids in the show to begin with. But then as we were planning it, as I was practicing it, as I was writing out the script, I just realized that just me alone in the kitchen, isn't an accurate depiction of what feast day prep looks like in my house. Um, You know, I I think most moms can probably identify with the fact that if you're trying to get something done in the kitchen, guess what? That's where all the kids are and they all want to (laughs) help. And and it makes things go so much faster. (laughs) No, um, but it it is. And especially having, uh, having big kids and little kids in, in the home when we do, you know, maybe once a month, we do sort of a big feast day meal. Sometimes we'll invite people to join us. Sometimes it's just us. But but when we do that, it's all hands on deck and um, and and the kids really do help me. So mm. when it came down to actually what we were going to film, I had to tell <laughs> I had to tell my, uh, you know, the producer and the director, like, yeah, we're going to have to get more mic packs because it's just they just they have to be in it because yeah. it, it wouldn't be. It wouldn't be accurate without it. And um, mm-hmm. I think that they, in general, are just used to my crazy ideas. <laughs> We've done smaller videos on YouTube before, mm-hmm. but this was certainly the biggest uh, production with lights, things, you know, lights cameras, and cords and all sorts of things yeah. in the kitchen. 
It can be intimidating. So your kids are doing really great there. And I love the fact that you have like assigned expertise. This is like this is like a special forces A team. Yeah, I'm the breacher. I'm the demo guy. Your kids are like, yeah, I'm the fryer. I'm the uh, I'm the uh, I'm the guy who makes the pancakes. I'm the expert at pancake making in this house, you know, or crepes or whatever. I just thought that was cute and funny. And I thought your your kids did great there. Uh, so you you have a you got two episodes that are about 20 ish minutes in length. Yeah, they're yeah, 20 24 minutes something something like that. Yeah, is it going to stay at that format uh, and how many episodes are you going to do seasons or how do you how are you going to format this? Yeah, we are um we're trying to figure all of that out right now, but uh but we're in talks with formed it's um we we want to do lent episodes, so I think there'll be three or four episodes that come out for um for for lent and I think there'll be I think there'll be a similar uh, format. I'm hoping that we can, you know, improve and and yeah. get a little more comfortable with uh, with with what we're doing and uh, and you know, make it more helpful and more fun for people. So it's kind of like Martha Stewart meets Maria von Trapp meets Father Leo Padalina. It's like a combo <laughs> of of craftiness, but around food and themed based on the liturgical calendar. Yeah, well, I think that, uh, it, you know, Joanna Gaines and her her sort of Magnolia brand is, is another inspiration. Uh, I know that so many families, moms especially, like watching, you know, what she does because she is, I think she manages to walk that line of inspirational yet accessible. And, you know, I, I'm hoping that what we can do is show people that that there's a catholic way um you, you know to do to focus on on your table and um and uh you know hospitality having uh, and being able to share um share a meal with with either just your family or uh, you know inviting people to come and join you and having that be a way that we can um, you know, evangelize within our own home and talk about why these foods are special and why, you know, there, there's such a history around, around feast day foods and, and the associations in the, in the Catholic church that go back a really long time. And it's, you know, it's part of our cultural heritage. And I think that I have been continually amazed at, you know, at, at the, at the depth of, uh, you know, of these traditions and, and, and the meaning behind them. And it's, it just creates a really fun opportunity to, to do it, something together as a family and, and to set the stage for, for conversation to talk about, you know, where these recipes come from and mm -hmm. why they're associated with a particular feast day. We're right at a break here. We're talking with Kendra Tierney about Catholic all year with Kendra Tierney over on Formed. Formed.org is where you can see it. There's two episodes there. There's one on Christmas Eve in particular. We're going to talk about that right after the break. Alex Ramirez is asking about the names of those books you mentioned. We'll, we'll cover that after the break as well. So a lot more with Kendra Tierney and Catholic Drive Time is coming up next. It's about a minute and a half from now. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Hey, 
Hey, Donnie, when we see Christ on the cross, what do we call that? A crucifix. And who said, preach Christ and Him crucified? St. Paul. As parents, we're the primary educators of our Catholic faith to our children. And if you don't know your Catholic faith as well as you should, that's okay. Just tune in daily to the Guadalupe Radio Network by logging online to grnonline.com. The Guadalupe Radio Network. Listen, learn, love, and pass it on. Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. Your only daughter met a fine young man who was a committed Mormon. She now wants to join his church. What's your answer? Well, here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, a reason for no. Doctrinal positions such as the deity of Jesus and the Trinity. Your reason for yes. You deem seemingly moral character as superseding biblical truth. Secondly, orthodoxy. Your answer is probably no. But how and why? Your resistance to Mormon doctrine does not just come straight down from the Bible. It comes from the first five centuries of brilliant theologians, bishops, and popes. These Catholics wrote, debated, and fought for truth. Example, in 250 AD, 311, and 417, three different popes excommunicated three different heretics, Sibelius, Arius, and Pelagius. They denied the Trinity, the eternal deity of Jesus, or taught that human effort warranted salvation. Would your pastor excommunicate a heretic? Well, unfortunately, your pastor can only remove someone from his local congregation. But that's okay. That guy will probably end up being welcomed in a church down the street. be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Good morning. We're speaking with uh, Kendra Tierney. Coming up at the top of the next hour, though, Attorney Brent Haynes is going to be on, Catholic Freedom Fighter. We should get it. I should, I should register that domain for him, catholicfreedomfighter.org. Something like Too that. late. I already I just bought it. Uh, we're going to be talking about the link between Twitter and the FBI, what it, why it matters. Why it matters. That's coming up next hour. For those that can join us, Kendra Tierney's back. We're talking about her new program on Formed, formed.org, called Catholic All Year with Kendra Tierney and her family. You should say, and with your family, because it's like it's a whole family affair. Praise be to God. Uh, welcome back, Kendra. Alex on our YouTube feed is asking, what are the names of the books you mentioned? So Maria Von Trapp was one, well, but what was the other one? Yeah, so the first one is called The Year and Our Children by Mary Reed Newland. And then the other is Around the Year with the uh, Trapp family, I think, uh, mm-hmm. by Marie Von Trapp. And then my book is The Catholic All Year Compendium. Compendium, which they can find on your website. Yes. Which is? And wherever books are sold. Well, where, what is your website? Uh, CatholicAllYear.com. CatholicAllYear.com. All right, let's talk about the Christmas Eve show that you put up there, which is episode number two uh, on Form.org. Now, here's the thing that I struggle with most about this episode. I am on a carnivore diet, so I am unable. I mean, like, it's like I just have to sit there and endure this with great patience and suffering because I can't enjoy the foods that you are that you are preparing uh, for Christmas Eve feast. But one of the things that you brought up that uh, I think is worthy of a reminder to the rest of us is we're supposed to be fasting on a, it's a feast. What are you talking about fasting? Why, why are we supposed to be fasting? Kendra Tierney. Yeah. Christmas Eve uh, is as the vigil of Christmas is historically a uh, mandatory fasting day. Uh, the vigils of major feasts like All Saints Day, Pentecost, uh, Easter, and Christmas uh, have uh, have historically been mandatory days of fasting. Uh, they are not 
mandatory anymore. The Christmas Eve fast was mandatory until I think it was 1983. Wow. Um, but, uh, but it is now still, it's still officially a recommended practice, but, uh, but not mandatory, but we can, we can see how, you know, the, there are all these interesting traditions all over the world that make a lot more sense when you know that it was supposed to be a day of, um, of fasting ahead, you know, to, to prepare for, for the feast day. So things like the Italian tradition of the, um, the feast of seven fishes, that was because you wouldn't have meat and the traditions all over the world of, of midnight mass and then starting your feast right after mass, uh, starting your celebration. That was because people had been fasting all day. They wanted to go to mass absolutely as quickly as possible um, <laughs> on, on Christmas so that they could have a big meal. You know, it's interesting because a local priest, uh, Father Divine, just wrote a play, a Christmas play, and I went to go see it, and it was about the Polish Catholics, immigrants to America, and how they were celebrating Christmas. And one of the things that was happening in the play was uh, they were talking about their Christmas Eve dinner. And so they were doing this whole thing, and I laughed my head off, but like 80% of the people there were just looking at like, well, I don't get it. Because the, the, the mother of the home was talking to another lady, and she was asking where she was doing for Christmas Eve, and she was saying, well, she was having a surf and turf Christmas dinner, and she just lost it. And she was like, no, you cannot have meat on Christmas Eve. And she just goes in this huge thing. And I'm laughing my head off. But, and, and like 80% of the people, they're like, I don't, I don't get it. Uh, so I think it's really good that we are bringing up the fact <laughs> yeah. that uh, it was a traditional practice. All of our forefathers are our family who came, the Irish Catholics, the Polish Catholics, the Mexican Catholics, the Spanish Catholics who came to America all brought um, this tradition of not eating meat on uh, Christmas Eve. I think that's great. One of the other things you pointed out in your episode was how many traditions we have thanks to the German Catholics. Yeah, that's right. So many of of what we think of as standard Advent practices can't come to America through German immigrants. Things like the um, Advent calendars, Advent wreaths, uh, um, and even Christmas trees uh, are all uh, come from uh, come to us from Germany. And what what one thing I really like about the Advent wreath is it's sort of the original liturgical living in the home uh, practice because that's something that was uh, was an in home tradition before it got uh, approved for and, and incorporated into use in churches. And now there's a blessing for it, and it can be. Uh, um, and we, you know, are, are used to seeing them in, uh, in, in churches, but for, for, I, I think hundreds of years, they were just a, an in-home, uh, practice before, yeah. before they started uh, showing up in churches. I liked how you shared a recipe that you remembered as a little girl, especially with your grandfather, I think it was, uh, a German recipe for, for dumplings, really. Well, they were dumplings, right? They were sort of like pasta, noodle-y, dumpling-like things. Yeah, it's a soup uh, called Spetzle Kartoffel Zuppa, which means potato dumpling <laughs> soup. And my grandfather was the son of German immigrants, and I and, and he was a very uh, creative and bold chef. He was, you know, he loved to he loved to try crazy stuff. He had a he had a homemade smoker. <laughs> I oh, remember wow. 
he answered the door to to let our family in for a Sunday dinner, a Sunday brunch. We would all the family would always meet at their house for Sunday brunch, and he opened the door once and had burned his eyebrows off in this homemade <laughs> smoker, and uh, he was still his head was was smoking a little bit. That's hilarious. But uh, but yeah, he taught me to make this soup when I was a kid, and I remember standing up on a stool, you know, with him behind me watching, cutting the little dumpling noodles yeah. into the soup. Um, so it's just, it, it's something that feels really special to be able to, to have my kids learning how to do it as well. You know, that's an aspect of, of Catholic living that is still somewhat new to me in the sense that there were no traditions, strictly speaking, that I were passed down in, you know, my family, uh, things that we did during Christmas time. Now I probably, that wouldn't be true if I'd spent more time with my, my dad's parents, uh, they probably would have passed on a few more, like, for instance, a stringing popcorn, you know, with needle and thread and putting that around a Christmas tree. That's something they did every year, and I do remember that. But uh, very little of that type of tradition being passed down from one generation to the next to my side of the family. And so it's it's kind of a weird thing for me to still experience and to hear stories like the ones you've shared about getting this recipe and making it as a little girl and now sharing it with your kids, and then they'll they'll carry that on. Why is that so important for Catholics to incorporate these traditions within our families? Yeah, I think so many people are in that same boat that you are and that, um, you know, because so many people are are converts or, you know, cradle Catholics, but without but who didn't grow up with these types of traditions. And and I do think it's it's really meaningful for for adults and and kids to to feel connected to our history as catholics that that we have this bond with people all over the world and throughout history of these of these types of of traditions and to me it gives it gives that sort of timelessness and and weight to our faith that there are so many people all over the world and throughout history who have believed what we believed and have sacrificed for it and have celebrated it. And, and, and I think that, that what we want as parents is to hand these traditions down to our kids so that they understand how important the Catholic faith is and, and, and that it, you know, makes it harder for them to, to walk away from, mm. because, you know, I think what we have been, unintentionally i hope teaching teaching our kids for for at least a generation now is that you know any church is about the same you, you know that that we're we've been trying to make ourselves and our practices a little more similar to protestants um and to me that's that's giving up so much it's a it's it's a real bad idea yeah uh, because what we want is for our kids to understand this is the true faith. And you can see by the long history, by all of these traditions, by these silly recipes and, and fun celebrations, uh, you know, we, we can feel that connectedness with history and that, and that importance. And this is the only place you can get that. The Catholic church is the only place you can get that. And I think that even the, you know, even the silly traditions help really reinforce that with our families. Yeah. Amen. What are some of the uh, most favorite traditions of your children at this time of year? What are the things they love to do most? Yeah, so something that we're in the midst of right now uh, is the Christmas novena. And that has Mm -hmm. been our favorite family tradition for a long time. And 
And if you if you read through my book, you'll see, you know, we do things like a double pinata for for uh, Michaelmas where, you know, we get to wail on the pinata and candy comes out. Mm -hmm. We do uh, for Fat Tuesday. We take all of the treats in the house and we spread them out on the counter and the kids make crazy, ridiculous ice cream sundaes out of anything that they can eat. Oh, wow. So we do some pretty, you know, in in uh, high sugar, I would say, yeah. traditions throughout the year. And so it's a little counterintuitive that really their favorite thing. And they, if you ask, especially the older kids, they will tell you it's this Christmas novena. Wow. Um, and, and it's just in the in the hubbub and the busyness of Advent, we have for 15 years now, we sit down by, you know, in our living room by the fireplace and we pray these prayers that are, that in this exact format were composed in 1760 something mm -hmm. uh, by a priest and, you know, based on scripture and, um, and including actual scripture. And, and it's just, such a there's so much comfort there in the in the repetition year after year the repetition of the prayers and and it really helps to create that longing and that understanding of of what we're preparing for and you know and and why a fast on christmas eve would make sense and you know uh, it, it really sort of ties it all together and so we really do we love the we love the christmas novena and if Mm -hmm. uh, if people want to, th there's no reason you couldn't start it on the 22nd. That's a lot. <laughs> yeah, I, um, uh, I'm praying the Christmas novena with a few of my children as well. Although last night I went to bed and forgot to do it. So I had to do it in the, I did it this morning on the way to work. I'm going to do That's it again good. tonight to kind I support of that. <laughs> make up for my uh, mea culpa, mea culpa. But check out uh, Kendra's television program are, uh, over on form, form.org. Catholic All Year with Kendra Tierney. Again, you can check that out at forum.org, but her website, catholicallyear.com, also has it linked up along with all of her other great resources, catholicallyear.com. Kendra Tierney, God bless you. God love you. Merry Christmas to you. Thanks so much. Merry Christmas to you. All right, that's going to do it for hour number one. Thank you for joining us. If we don't see you in the next hour, Merry Christmas to you, too. We'll see you next week. Otherwise, we'll see you next hour. Go to grnonline.com forward slash cdt. Planning on shopping online this year for Christmas? Did you know that you can help the Guadalupe Radio Network when you do your Christmas shopping online? All you need to do is shop on Amazon Smile and 0.5% of your purchase goes to the GRN. Just go to AmazonSmile.com and select La Promesa Foundation as your nonprofit of choice. La Promesa is the parent company of Guadalupe Radio. It's that simple to give some extra help to the Guadalupe Radio Network during the holiday season. I had a personal experience that was life-changing for me. My husband of 21 years decided to leave um, our family, me and my girls, and um, in the midst of the absolute horrible heartache, I happened to be flipping through the radio one day on the AM channel because I didn't feel like listening to music, and I happened to find Catholic Radio. And ever since then, I have been tuned in religiously, 
and I feel like I have a really, really strong pull to the Catholic faith. The Guadalupe Radio Network would like to thank those listeners who have supported Catholic Radio financially over the years so that we could be there when Terry needed us. If you would like to support your Catholic Radio station, please visit grnonline.com and you can click on the Donate Now button. Again, we sincerely thank you for helping us to be there for Terry and everyone else that needs God's love. There will come a day when each of us will be asked to review the movie of our life and give an account to God. We will sorrowfully relive the bad times and joyfully revisit the good. Thankfully, no matter what you've done, there is hope. Since Jesus came not to condemn the world, but to save it. So if you've been away from church for a while, we invite you to come home and find the peace that only comes from God. Visit catholicscomehome.org. Are you on the CDT Insider email list? Hi, Joe McLean here. And every week I send you cool stuff straight to your inbox, goodies that you're not going to want to miss. Go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT and get signed up today. Hi, I'm Patrick from St. Vincent de Paul Catholic Church. You're listening to AM 1430 KSHJ Houston, part of the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Long term, long time, from the beginning, like almost practically day one, listeners are one of our CDT Insider super fans, Kim Sunderman. I may have to kick you off. I don't know. I'm going to have to decide here. I should take like Elon Musk a poll. Uh, talking crazy in the chat there, Kim. Uh, quote, by the way, Adrian as king, close quote. So true, Kim. What? So true. You know, what? Kim, Kim, I always, <laughs> I've always said, it's let it be known, I've always mm. said that Kim Sunderman <laughs> is a woman of great wisdom. Uh, really? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Clearly. Mm-hmm. She, I mean, clearly. I see. She said Adrian. I see. For King, yeah. so okay. Obviously, she's brilliant, wise. <laughs> Clearly, her obviously. kids are amazing. Amazing, yes. I've met them. They're they are fantastic. Praise be to God. All right. Well, uh, maybe we maybe I don't know. We have to. We're gonna have to regulate the chat box. I'm thinking one way or the other. But uh, nonetheless, uh, good morning and thanks for hanging out with us today. Coming up at 15 past the hour, for those of you that can join us, we are gonna be playing Fear and Trembling. And today's the day we give out prizes. So because we're not here tomorrow, we're off tomorrow. And we're off on Monday. We're going to be playing the best of on Monday. So if you have any recommendations for sort of like the best of interviews that you've heard on the program this year, send those recommendations to Adrian. You can find his contact information on the website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. He's taking he's taking recommendations. This is like going back old school radio when you would call in and say, can you play this this favorite love but instead, song? It's not a three minute song. Can it's I, a 20 minute interview. Could you play this? <laughs> love song from my sweetie my sweetheart and tell her i love her dude that was the coolest thing ever back in the i am day. so glad i didn't live through radio i used times. to do that like, what, oh, if I, what if we oh, did that for like could youtubers you de- could you and dedicate- i just like reached yeah. out to youtubers been like could you make a yeah. youtube video yeah. about how i love her yeah. <laughs> is, that how, is that how everybody talked back then totally that's kind of weird <laughs> it's kind of weird that everybody talked that way everyone talked that way yeah. back in the day but that was like the coolest thing ever back in the day so we can do that so all you got to do is call in your recommendations to adrian adrian would you would you uh, could you play that uh, Father Pavone interview and dedicate that to my sweetheart? 
could I, I you know what I think you should play again? We haven't had Dr. Paul Kingor on in a long time. <laughs> At least a month. At least a month. It's like which which one? There's yeah. like nine of them. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, I love Dr. Paul Kingor. I like talking to him. It's a good time every time. Praise <laughs> be God. All right. Uh, nonetheless, if you have recommendations for a best of, you can you can email those to us. Uh, just go to grnonline.com forward slash cdt. You'll find Adrian's contact information there. But uh, whatever you do, while you're doing that, do not, under any circumstances, admit he is correct, right, or any other way. King. Um, please okay. respect my preferred pronouns. <laughs> it is your highness. <laughs> uh, but at 15 past the hour, we are going to play uh, Fear and Trembling, where we have a, a little opportunity to twist the rules somewhat slightly today again on Fear and Trembling, where we won't be asking Rudy and Adrian. Instead, Adrian's asking me these questions. I'm going to give an answer. The, co- the caller will have to decide whether or not I'm telling the truth or not. Am I leading them astray? This has been a vicious rumor spread by some people uh, on this team who have suggested I somehow am not trustworthy. Well, we're going to put that to the test again today at 15 past. Be ready to take that uh, opportunity to win prizes. We're going to give that out today. I'll give you that phone number. But lots of traditions and great conversation with Kendra Tierney last hour. Oh, yeah. And uh, if you missed the last hour, we talked about how December the 25th is historical for the birth of Christ. It goes back to the earliest days of Holy Mother Church. And if you are unprepared in that that conversation that may come up around the Christmas dinner table, oh, you Christians, you stole that from the poor pagans. That's not true. That is definitely not accurate. That is not true. We did not invent these things to Christianize a pagan holiday. Yes, exactly. So I encourage you to check out our podcast feed if you missed that, or if you missed the conversation with Kendra Tierney. You can find our podcast feed on our website, grnonline.com forward slash cdt, or on our mobile app, which is available in iOS and Android. Just search for the Guadalupe Radio Network. And by the way, guess what's about to launch? Your opportunity to win a Mercedes. A cool Mercedes. A very beautiful Mercedes, actually. A uh, 2023. This is a, uh, I guess this is the... CLA. Last year it was a GLA. This year it's a CLA. And you could win a CLA 250. It's going to be, someone's going to win it in come uh, late February, early March. Could be you. If you want to get more details, go to the website grnonline.com or call. This is the best way to do it, is to call your local GRN station manager and ask them, hey, how do I get my tickets for that, that Mercedes? And how do I help you sell a bunch more? So, Wonderful ways to support the Guadalupe Radio Network by going to grnonline.com. Praise be to God. Joining us right now by phone is Catholic Freedom Fighter attorney Brent Haynes. Good morning to you, Brent. Hey, good morning and Merry Christmas, Joe, to you and everyone. Whoa, whoa, it's whoa, too whoa, soon, whoa, whoa! It's not even. It's I not. Know, what? I, I think I've, I. I think I triggered. I think I triggered uh, Adrian there. <laughs> this is not. This is not. I am very offended by that. Uh, next, you're going to tell me you've already decorated your house, your trees. I mean, like <sighs> modernists. I know. I it. think I heard somebody at the end of the last mm. hour sorry, of the radio what? program Damn. say "Merry Christmas" <gasps> to all of their what? I, I have no recollection of that whatsoever. Joe, did you allow her isn't to that say what, "Merry isn't Christmas"? Isn't that what Dr. Fauci said 174 times? I have no recollection. Sorry, I, 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 no I, I couldn't I I tell you. I have no recollection. <laughs> 
that I won't be back until after Christmas is well started and mm-hmm. I think a mm-hmm. little more than halfway over if I I'm see. doing the math right. I see. Well, nonetheless, good morning. We're we'll glad you're it. here. Merry Christmas. I know everybody's excited to get started, but praise be to God, we're glad you're on board. Let's talk about the FBI and Twitter. Uh, very interesting revelations have come out over the last couple of weeks about their involvement with one another. The fact that the FBI paid Twitter millions of dollars to compensate them for all the work they had to go through because the FBI was so demanding upon them when uh, they were regulating speech on the platform and uh, preventing the Hunter Biden laptop story from getting out too far before the 2020 elections. Uh, Now, we also have to put on the table the fact that this omnibus bill, which is uh, trying to be ramrodded through Congress, has some $500 million more than the last fiscal bill uh, that's going to go to the FBI so that they can continue to enforce the FACE Act against people like Mark Houck, for instance. How do you see this, Brent Haynes? Well, Joe, when you're engaged in all of this work, I'm not married, uh, sorry. To help, you know, control the information that's flowing through social media like Twitter and Facebook and keeping track of all the dangerous pro-lifers out there, you need a brand new headquarters building in Washington, <laughs> D.C., and that costs yeah. money. Right. And the old one, the colors don't match. They don't match my shoes. So we need to, we need to rectify all of this. Well, you know, uh, there's, there's some basic information to consider here. I mean, aside from what should shock Americans that this, the Federal Bureau of Investigation uh, was involved in uh, the communications and policy debate and uh, the exchange of information in, on what was or could have been considered important topics for a presidential election just shortly before the presidential election. Aside from the fact, the fact that the FBI is doing that, uh, we now find out that they were paying Twitter millions of dollars and there's still misinformation about that. So, you know, you get, for example, someone on the CNN website who is titled Analyst. And that, that's how I want to be introduced from now on, Joe. Analyst. You got it. Okay. Writing that down. Uh, and so this, this man at, at CNN uh, is claiming that it's misinformation that the FBI was paying for content moderation, that they were paying for censorship. And then he even goes and... I don't know if he's a lawyer or not, but even if he's, you don't have to be a lawyer to look up the statutes on the Internet these days and often uh, come to a correct, correct conclusion about what the statute is about. He cites three federal statutes that he says are on Twitter's website explaining that they were simply being reimbursed for their cost. Well, Joe, when you look up those statutes, lo and behold, what do you find? Those are statutes that reimburse companies when they comply with a lawful warrant or subpoena. And that is a huge difference. The FBI wasn't issuing subpoenas to Twitter uh, and that caused them to incur costs to get this reimbursement. Also, uh, uh, Twitter uh, wasn't producing information to the FBI. Quite to the contrary, Twitter was shutting down information and keeping it from getting to the rest of the American people. So first you have the, the shocking fact that the FBI is basically not just putting their thumb on the scales in a presidential election, but they're coming in like the 800-pound gorilla, and then Twitter gets paid for it. So 
Uh, you know, the American people ought to be concerned. Hopefully they will pay attention to this issue. It's not getting the coverage in the press mm. um, that it should get, just like the, the fact that the Hunter, laptop, Hunter Biden laptop story didn't got shut down when it first came out. And now that they're admitting it's true, they're not covering that story either, Joe. It, it's very worrisome. And then you, you consider this is not an isolated incident. You know, six months ago or five months ago, there were stories coming out about how there are several ex-CIA agents working for Facebook. So how, you know, how far does this go? It makes you yeah. sound like a conspiracy theorist. Right. But these are just facts. Yeah. Uh, there was a lot of former FBI and former CIA and other intelligence agencies uh, employees working for Twitter. That was another part of the scandal, as, as you just mentioned. So that seems very strange and odd. Why do so many people working in that field in the government leave their government jobs and then go work for Twitter or Facebook? Like what is it just because the work environment's so good? Is the work similar in any way? Because yesterday we discovered that the Pentagon had a cozy relationship with Twitter where they were running PSYOP campaigns in foreign countries through Twitter, fake Twitter accounts that Twitter endorsed and helped them to perpetuate. So there's a real concern here about what is true and what is not true. In the Pentagon story, it's clear they were running disinformation campaigns. And yet we were told the government is very concerned about disinformation and, uh, and, and manipulation on these platforms. And yet they're the ones running them. And that's been now documented. So very, very concerning. But is there ever going to be trust again in federal institutions? Is it possible for the American people to once again trust federal institutions, elections, things like this? It seems like no matter, even, if, even if elections are the safest they've ever been, I think most Americans still question in their mind whether or not they're legit. Well, can, you know, can there be an election, election integrity? Well, yes, there can be, and we should work toward that. Um, could the FBI be reformed or be replaced with a superior, superior agency that has better controls, uh, real integrity, better management, and with strong oversight by, by Congress? Sure, those things can happen. In terms of trust, uh, it reminds me of a saying you know, about a married couple. Um, you know, say the husband uh, cheat, cheats on the wife, heaven forbid, but um, then confesses. Uh, you know, the wife thinks, uh, you know, the, the, the wife says, um, well, she might forgive, but she'll never forget. Uh, the American people um, aren't going to forget about this. And what has happened is there's now been created a precedent. And everybody who's ever done anything bad knows that, once you've done something bad once, it's a little bit easier to do it the second time. And it's even easier to do it the third time, and it's a lot easier to do it the fourth time. So uh, we've set uh, a horrible precedent that is destructive for our society and our governing traditions and our democratic republic. Um, a lot of people don't seem to care very much. A lot of people actually think this is a good thing. So I think we're a long way from eradicating this kind of behavior and creating trust. I think it goes to the point that I, I continually make when I discuss some of these more difficult subjects in secular society. At the end of the day, as Catholics, whether it's scandal in the church, scandal outside of the church, we have to live in a state of grace and we have to pursue holiness, sanctity, and we have to preach uh, the truth in season and out. 
And we can't place our trust in a political solution to the world's problems, can we? No, look, you and I know, um, our listeners know, and this is what I tell you know audiences when I speak on issues of religious liberty um, and other social issues that are of concern you know, to faithful Catholics uh, in our country. Um, ultimately, our hope is in the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah, and we need, you know, we need a spiritual renewal in this country. Um, in the past, we've had the Great Awakening and the Second Great Awakening. Uh, we could sure use another Great Awakening, uh, where people would come back, uh, come back to to the church, discover the religious faith, and that's that's what's going to bring about a real renewal in this country. Amen. Praise be to God. Well, Brent Haynes, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Even Joe. if it is early. Praise be to Jesus. And Merry Christmas to Adrian. <laughs> Merry and Christmas. even Merry Christmas to Adrian. <laughs> I like that. God bless you, Brent. Have a great uh, Christmas. All right, we're going to go to break. We're going to come back. We're going to play Fear and Trembling. We're going to give out a prize. All of it's happening next. You could win. Call now, 877-757-9424. Call. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Christmas Minute. Have you ever heard people object to gold and gilded ornaments in a Catholic church? Have you ever heard them question the purpose of burning incense? How do we answer them? Simple. We answer them by pointing out the three gifts of the wise men at Christmas. If gold and incense can be brought to a stable, they can certainly be brought to a church. What do these three gifts mean? G.K. Chesterton says they represent three prophecies about the Christ child. Gold, that he should be crowned like a king. Frankincense, that he should be worshipped like a god. And myrrh, that he should be buried like a man. The first two are marvelous and obvious. The third is a wonder. Want more than a minute? Visit our website at Chesterton. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Christmas Minute. Are you worried about the war on Christmas? Don't be. G.K. Chesterton says Christmas is the irresistible festival for those who are afraid to be festive. It is the spectacular festival when almost everyone lives and acts poetry instead of just a few people writing it. It is the ancient festival, a trinity of eating, drinking, praying, that to modern seems irreverent because the holy day really is a holiday. No matter what happens, says Chesterton, the great majority will go on observing Christmas Day with Christmas gifts and Christmas benedictions, and they will continue to do it, and suddenly, someday they'll wake up and discover why. Want more than a minute? Visit us at Chesterton.org. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. (laughs) The Catholic trivia game show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling. 
a Catholic trivia game show that has secrets and agendas that you can't tell anybody. But you can win. It's possible. you got to call right now to do it, though. 877-757-9424. The phone lines are open, waiting for your call at 877-757-9424. Adria, Adria. Adrian, I am a, a trans a, a name No, don't do it. Don't, stop. Don't do it. Adrian Adria. Fonseca uh, uh, is waiting to take your call at 877-757-9424. First caller gets to play our game. Now, there are rules that we're, uh, you know, going to change is what I want to say. We're going to change these rules today. We're going to do something different than we normally do. But first... Let me tell you my secrets. Number one, I like to teach the faith, so we look for teachable moments in the questions where you can learn something you didn't know know before. We like to have a laugh, a good time, and a chuckle. And clearly, uh, before I go to bed today, I'm going to chuckle a few more times, and we want you to laugh with us so you could do that. And then we give out prizes, which means it's a winner for everybody involved because you could you could learn, you could laugh, and you could win all at the same time for some. 877-757-9424. First caller gets to play the game. At 877 877-757-9424 is that phone number. All right, so here's the deal, though. The secret sauce, the kicker in all of this. The caller does not need to know how to play the game. They may not know. They may not know any of the actual answers, but could still win because we're not going to ask them, technically speaking. Now, I'm going to change the rules because Rudy is not here. <gasps> Now, Rudy, we typically ask Rudy, and then we ask Adrian. One of them gives us the right, the other one gives us the wrong, and then the caller makes a decision. Whom do they trust more? But it has, rumors have been spread around that I have somehow, I'm not trustworthy in this game. That I I've am somehow this. leading people astray, which is Can't absolutely confirm. absurd. So uh, we put, we're going to put that to the test today. So instead, Adrian's going to ask me the question, and I'm going to give an answer. The caller will say, do they think I'm being truthful or not? And then when they get that right, they go into the coffee cup of Divine Providence to win this week's prize. And they're going to win, if they uh, if we pull their name, every Sacred Sunday Mass Journal. It's one of those opportunities for us to help you focus more at Holy Mass. Because, you know, how many times have you been sitting there listening to Father's homily, dive deep on the gospel passage, and you're like, squirrel! And you're like, oh, what did he say? I, I'm like, pop quiz, what was the gospel for last Sunday, Adrian, do you know? It was on uh, um, um, the gospel. What? It was, it, what was Matthew. Oh, uh, was it? Yes. Which, which okay, um, anything in particular? Or? It was about Jesus. Uh, it was it. Yes. That is deep and profound. Yes. That's amazing. I know. You see, it happens to all of us. So uh, the, this Every Sacred Sunday Mass Journal is an opportunity to help you focus in 2023 in a way you've never done before. And we're going to give that out today. But here's the kicker. We have no call on the line, Adrian. So... Maybe what we could do is if I'm going to give the phone number one more time, and if nobody calls, then we'll play the game anyway, and then you and I decide whose name to put in that cup. I'd say I'm going to put my name in six times if no one calls. I, I was going to suggest maybe Kim Sunderman, or, oh. since she's your biggest. I will split it between Kim and okay. Jesus. I see. Yes. All right. Well, all right. So the phone number, if you want your chance to win, you better call right now. We're going to run out of time. That phone number is uh, 877-757. 9424. Call right now, 877-757-9424. All right, call coming through right now. So that so that's the deal. We're going to see who this caller is. And uh, if not, 
then we're going to uh, maybe just play the game and decide to give it to one of our CDT insiders. Uh, it's Christmas week, so there's less people in cars driving right now because they're on vacation preparing, uh, which we are grateful for. Praise be to God. Thank you for being a part of the team. And make sure that you are connected to us on our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Go to the insider email list and become an insider where we send you goodies every single week. Praise be to God. Let's go to the phones. Laura, good morning to you. Norma, good morning. Oh, Norma, I apologize. Merry Christmas, Norma. Good morning. Good morning. How are you, Norma? Wonderful. Where are you calling from? Pearland, Texas. Pearland, Texas. Is that known for pears? Like, what is Pearland? What what makes them famous? They're famous for me going to school there. I mm, I went to middle mm. school there. Norma, I was a history a, champion of the Mom, year in sixth grade. Were you aware that Adrian went to school in Pearland ever in his life? No, I had no idea. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. I went to school at St. Mm-hmm. Helen Catholic School. I'm sure that's where Norma goes to church. Norma, do you go to church? Yes, how did you know? Yes, that's right. Uh-huh. I would, uh-huh. would be worried that he knew that, Norma, personally. I, <laughs> I would. I mean, uh, it's the church in Pearland. All right. Well, I believe him. Praise be to I God. I believe him. All right, Norma, we're going to change the rules. Adrian's going to ask me the questions. I'm going to give you an answer. You have to decide whether I'm being truthful or not. Are you ready to play? Yes. All right, let's do this. Adrian? All righty. The first question. Mm -hmm. Numero uno. Numero uno. Yes. Which is uh, Greek? Greek? It's actually um, Latin. It's Latin for number one. Okay. Yes. All right. Uh, Who is the patron saint? Of charitable societies. The patron saint of charitable societies. This yes. is like the easiest question ever. I told him. Some might say. Some would say. Some might say. Uh, St. Vincent de Paul, of course. St. <laughs> Vincent de Paul, you say? Yeah. Okay. St. Vincent de Paul. I say that. Well, they do have St. Vincent de Paul mm. societies. All right, Norma. St. Vincent de Paul is Joe's answer for who is the patron saint of charitable societies. Is Joe lying to you? Are you calling him a liar? Are you calling him a truther? Let me know. Norma, uh, what say you? Truth. <laughs> I haven't heard the truther in a long time. Are we allowed to say truther? Isn't truther. That, like, wasn't that a label for, for bad things? I don't know. No, it's a, it's a joke from uh, Drake and Josh. Oh, I see. Yeah, he was truther. like, I ain't calling you a truther. St. Vincent de Paul. Is the correct answer. Well done, Norma. Well done. You could win. It's possible. But let's see if we can't double your chances with this next one, which is arguably harder than the first one. I think this might be the hardest question we've ever had in the history of the game show. Um, The question is, may an indulgence mm -hmm. be gained for a living person? And this is question numero dos. I see. Yes. So French this time. Uh, no, it's actually French-Canadian, which is a oh, totally different language. The dialect. It's a totally different got language. It. Okay. Speaking of nuance, Bob, uh, you got to be very careful in this question. May an indulgence be gained for a living person or for a living person? You get, I mean, like, what is the, what, what exactly are we getting after in this question? And, of course, I would have to say the answer is, of course, absolutely yes. 100% indulgences can be gained for living Persons. Well, that is a quite an interesting suggestion you have there, mm-hmm. Joe. Yeah. Well, Joe says, yes, absolutely an indulgence can be given to a living person. Uh-huh. Uh, is he a liar or is he a truther? Norma, what say you? She is correct. No, go the other way. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, oh. Oh. 
Oh, Norma. That was a rough fact, one. That was a rough uh, one. I was being coerced to give the wrong answer. It's not uh-huh. my fault in any right. way, shape, or form. But right. no yes. one may not mm-hmm. give an indulgence. They may not. Uh, I didn't. It was thrown by. Uh, uh huh. Anyway, yeah. blame uh, me. You can't gain an indulgence for a living person. Except the person yourself. must be deceased. Yeah. So. so I can't get an indulgence for Joe yeah. unless he dies. Mm. Anyway, question. Happy to, happy to so accommodate. I can't, so I can't get an indulgence for myself. You can. You can. For you yourself. can. But not yeah. for another living person. So is that a trick question? Then? I guess it is a little bit tricky. So yeah, it is a little Nora, tricky. It I is mean, a little tricky. Can we just? A little tricky. All right. We're going to give that one to you, Nora. See? No curveball. I didn't throw any curveball. Uh-huh. I can be totally trusted. Nah, Joe cannot be trusted. Question numero trace. Okay. Which uh, is, uh, do you know what language that is, Phoenician? Phoenician? Uh, no, it's actually Cherokee. Oh. Yes. Yeah, uh, Cherokee. Okay. Numero okay. trace, which uh-huh. is number three in Cherokee. Yeah. What is the <laughs> name given? Uh To the light meal taken on a day of fast, like Mm -hmm. Christmas Eve, Mm -hmm. other than the breakfast Mm -hmm. or the main meal. What is the name given to the light meal taken on a day uh, of fast, other than breakfast or the main meal? Let's see. Um, I would say that would be called a yummeration. A yummeration. Yes. Mm -hmm. Sounds excellent. Mm -hmm. Sounds delicious. Mm -hmm. Well, Norma, Joe says it's a yummination. That is a meal taken on a day of fast, a small get meal. That is not breakfast or the main meal. Mm-hmm. Uh, what say you, Norma? Is he a liar? Is he a truther? What say you, Norma? It's a liar. What? Norma! So Norma. true. So Girl, true. Didn't your so mother true. tell you never to call Excellent. people liars? Way to go. Well, she ain't calling <laughs> you a truther. Norma. But <laughs> we are out of time. Well so played, Norma. Well we played. have to pull out a person here. And the winner is Max. <laughs> way to go, Max. Yvonne says we would call that a snack, by the way. <laughs> the answer is collation, by the way. Norma, collation. you were fun. Thanks for having a good time and uh, rolling with the punches on that. We appreciate it. Merry Christmas to Tell you, Tell Father Luis I said hi. Merry Christmas to you guys. God bless you, Norma. Have a great day. That is going to do it for the radio side. We will not be in tomorrow. Uh, we're going to play that interview with Theoni Bell, making your home a Eucharistic revival. And then Monday, the best of. If you have best of suggestions, you can give them to us in the after show if you like, which is happening next at grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Otherwise, we'll see you back here on Tuesday. Merry Christmas. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. Guadalupe Radio Network now brings you the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from the chapel at Our Lady of Corpus Christi in Corpus Christi, Texas. For today's Mass is for all of those joining us on Guadalupe Radio Network. Our opening hymn is Wake Awake for Night is Flying. 
Wake, awake, for night is flying. The watchmen on the heights are crying. Awake, Jerusalem, arise. Midnight solemn hour is tolling. His chariot wheels are near rolling. He comes, prepare ye virgins wise. Rise up with willing feet. Go forth, the bridegroom meet. Alleluia. Bear through the night your well-trimmed light. Speed forth to join the marriage ride. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. My brothers and sisters, let us acknowledge our sins and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore, I ask Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let us pray. O God, who seeing the human race fallen into death, willed to redeem it by the coming of your only begotten Son, grant, we pray, that those who confess his incarnation with humble fervor may merit his company as their Redeemer, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the first book of Samuel. In those days, Hannah brought Samuel with her, along with a three-year-old bull, an ephah of flour, and a skin of wine, and presented him at the temple of the Lord in Shiloh. After the boy's father had sacrificed the young bull, Hannah, his mother, approached Eli and said, Pardon, my Lord, as you live, my Lord. I am the woman who stood near you here, praying to the Lord. I prayed for this child and the Lord granted my request. Now I in turn give him to the Lord. As long as he lives, he shall be dedicated to the Lord. She left Samuel there. The word of the Lord. My heart exalts in the Lord my Savior. My heart exalts in the Lord. My horn is exalted in my God. I have swallowed up my enemies. I rejoice in my victory. My heart exalts in my Lord, my Savior. 
The bows of the mighty are broken, while the tottering gird on strength. The well-fed hire themselves out for bread, while the hungry batten on spoil. The barren wife bears seven sons, while the mother of many languishes. My heart exalts in the Lord, my Savior. The Lord puts to death and gives down to the netherworld he raises up again the lord makes poor and makes rich he humbles he also exalts my heart exalts in the lord my savior he raises the needy from the dust from the dung heap he lifts up the poor to seat them with nobles and make a glorious throne their heritage my heart exalts in the lord my savior Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. O King of all nations and keystone of the church, come and save man whom you formed from the dust. Alleluia. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Mary said, My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked upon his lowly servant. From this day all generations will call me blessed. The Almighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. He has mercy on those who fear him in every generation. He has shown the strength of his arm, and has scattered the proud in their conceit. He has cast down the mighty from their thrones, and has lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has come to the help of his servant Israel, for he has remembered his promise of mercy the promise he made to our fathers, to Abraham and his children forever. Mary remained with Elizabeth about three months and then returned to her home. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Pope St. Paul VI had a very beautiful, very simple spirituality, which went, which went something like this is he realized that all of us have this misery within us, uh, our weakness, our failures. And yet God, in his, with his great heart, comes down to us in our misery and in our, in our weakness in order to save us and to raise us up. So we have our misery and then the heart of God, which makes that two words misericordia, which means mercy. And so when these two come together, and, and we are more open to God's working in our life. When we open up our life to God, then we begin to sing our Magnificat, our hymn of praise to the Lord. So we had three M's, Miseria, Misericordia, Magnificat. It was very, very easy to remember. When we look at that, that gospel today, so much could be said about this hymn of praise that Mary, that wells up from Mary's heart, from her soul. But let's just take the first line and point out two things. Mary says, my soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. When we use that word magnificat, because in the Latin it's translated, my soul magnifies the Lord. 
to magnify the Lord, to, to show, reveal his greatness. Mary is probably, we could say, is the most humble creature that God ever created. And her humility comes not because she looks at herself and says, oh, look how, how small I am, how lonely I am, how lowly I am, but rather recognizing that God is great, that God is great, then I can be small. And because God is great, then I can be small. That's what our humility comes in. We tend to want to magnify ourselves and to say, well, look, look, at, look at all the great things that I do. Look at how important I am, you know. Look at how much success I've had. So on and so forth. But Mary sees that when we finally turn that around and rather than magnifying ourselves, begin to magnify the Lord, so then our life completely changes. And this is what Mary did. When we see Mary, then we can see the, the greatness of the divine life of the Most Holy Trinity. It's like, you know, sometimes uh, women and have those, those mirrors which they use to, to put on their makeup. And some of you look at that, and some of, it's kind of scary, right? When you see all the little imperfections in your face, right? Like, oh my goodness, you just want to turn that thing away. Now imagine if we would take that and would, it would magnify the greatness of God within our soul. We would not see all the imperfections. We would see the perfections of God. Wouldn't that be amazing? That's what Mary does. By magnifying the Lord, by making something which in, for us, from the worldly perspective, is very small, but then magnifying it and making it greater and showing forth that. That is our mission in life, to magnify the Lord, to proclaim his greatness. The other thing is that because Mary does this, her spirit rejoices in God, her Savior. Joy is, uh, should be the fundamental attitude for us as Christians. We, we experience all kinds of different, let's say, human joys in our life. The joy of meeting with friends that we haven't seen for a long time. The peaceful joy of being in nature and in silence. The sometimes austere joy of a work well done, you know. It might have been hard, but we got it done. We sense the sense of joy of accomplishment. We should experience all those human joys. Jesus experienced all those kind of human joys. But then when we look at Jesus, especially we look at our, at our, our Blessed Mother, we recognize that joy, true joy, the joy that Jesus says the world cannot take from you, comes from a different source. That joy ultimately is spiritual. And we see it radiating on the face of Jesus and in the soul of our Blessed Mother. This is true joy, which, which, which we should share. That we know that we are infinitely loved by God. And when that comes in, the, it comes in the depths of our soul, that joy can never be taken from us. We will experience sorrows in life, yes, but that joy that we are known and loved by God infinitely is what wells up within us. This is why Jesus pours forth, or the Father rather, pours forth his life for everything for Jesus in this joyful burst of generosity. And the Son, in his turn, returns that with this joyful burst of joy and love for his Father. That's what we see between Jesus and his Father. And that's what we see in us as Christians. Joy is the gigantic secret that all of us have. And when we, when we acknowledge that joy and recognize that joy, then we begin more deeply to magnify the Lord in our life. Let us ask Our Lady, as we almost now at the end of our journey, this Advent journey, Let's ask her to help us to really magnify the Lord in our life, to proclaim the greatness of all that God does in our life, 
And so we experience the deep and profound joy of knowing that we are loved and, and, and received by God. Amen. As we await with longing the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, dear brothers and sisters, let us with renewed devotion beseech his mercy, that as he came into the world to bring the good news to the poor and heal the contrite of heart, so in our own time also he may bring salvation to all in need. Let us pray that Christ may visit his holy church and keep watch over her always. We pray to the Lord. That under the protection of Christ our times may be peaceful. We pray to the Lord. That Christ may banish disease, drive out hunger, and ward off every affliction. Let us pray to the Lord. That as witnesses to Christ's love before all, we may abide in the truth. Let us pray to the Lord. That through the intercession of our Blessed Mother, we may magnify the Lord and so acknowledge and receive more profoundly the joy that Christ gives to us in this holy season, we pray to the Lord. We pray for all those who have died, of all the holy souls in purgatory. We offer this Mass for all those who are joining us online through Guadalupe Radio. We pray to the Lord. Almighty, ever-living God, who brings salvation to all and desire that none, no one should perish, hear the prayers of your people and grant that the course of our world may be directed by your peaceful rule and your church rejoice in tranquility and devotion through Christ our Lord. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation, for through your goodness we have received the bread we offer you. Fruit of the earth and work of human hands, it will become for us the bread of life. Let's be God forever. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation, for through your goodness we have received the wine we offer you. Fruit of the vine, the work of human hands, will become our spiritual drink. Blessed be God forever. Pray, brothers and sisters, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. Trusting in your compassion, O Lord, we come eagerly with our offerings to your sacred altar, that through the purifying action of your grace, we may be cleansed by the very mysteries we serve through Christ our Lord. The Lord be with you. 
lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly right and just our duty and our salvation always and everywhere to give you thanks. Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God, through Christ our Lord. For all the oracles of the prophets foretold him, the Virgin Mother longed for him with love beyond all telling. John the Baptist sang of his coming and proclaimed his presence when he came. It is by his gift that already we rejoice in the, at the mystery of his nativity, so that he may find us watchful in prayer and exultant in his praise. And so with angels and archangels, with thrones and dominions, and with all the hosts and powers of heaven, we sing the hymn of your glory, as without end we acclaim. Sanctus, Sanctus, Sanctus Dominus Deus Sabaho, Pleni sunt celi et terra, Gloria Tua, Hosanna in excelsis, Benedictus, qui venit in nomine Domini, Hosanna in excelsis. You are indeed holy, O Lord, and all you have created rightly gives you praise. For through your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, by the power and working of the Holy Spirit, you give life to all things and make them holy. And you never cease to gather a people to yourself, so that from the rising of the sun to its setting, a pure sacrifice may be offered to your name. Therefore, O Lord, we humbly implore you by the same Spirit, graciously make holy these gifts we have brought to you for consecration, that they may become the body and blood of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, at whose command we celebrate these mysteries. For on the night he was betrayed, he himself took bread, and giving you thanks, he said the blessing, broke the bread, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body, which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and giving you thanks, he said the blessing, and gave the chalice to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The mystery of faith, save us, Savior of the world. For by your cross and resurrection, you have set us free. Therefore, O Lord, as we celebrate the memorial of the saving passion of your Son, his wondrous resurrection and ascension into heaven, 
And as we look forward to his second coming, we offer you in thanksgiving this holy and living sacrifice. Look, we pray, upon the oblation of your church and recognizing the sacrificial victim by whose death you will to reconcile us to yourself. Grant that we who are nourished by the body and blood of your Son and filled with his Holy Spirit may become one body, one spirit in Christ. May he make of us an eternal offering to you so that we may obtain an inheritance with your elect, especially with the most blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, with blessed Joseph, her spouse, with your blessed apostles and glorious martyrs, and with all the saints on whose constant intercession in your presence we rely for unfailing help. May the sacrifice of our reconciliation, we pray, O Lord, advance the peace and salvation of all the world. Be pleased to confirm in faith and charity your pilgrim church on earth. With your servant Francis, our Pope, and Michael, our Bishop, the Order of Bishops, all the clergy, and the entire people you have gained for your own. Listen graciously to the prayers of this family whom you have summoned before you. In your compassion, O merciful Father, gather to yourself all your children scattered throughout the world. To our departed brothers and sisters, and to all who were pleasing to you at their passing from this life, give kind admittance to your kingdom. There we hope to enjoy forever the fullness of your glory through Christ our Lord, through whom you bestow on the world all that is good. Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Amen. At the Savior's command, informed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope in the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. The peace of the Lord be with you always. The sovereignty of the sign of peace. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Have mercy on us. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Have mercy on us. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Grant us peace. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, if I am not worthy, you should enter under my roof. But only say the word, and my soul shall be healed. Amen. 
My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord, for the Almighty has done great things for me. For those who may not be present to receive Holy Communion here, we pray together the act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there, and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. comes with clouds descending, once for our salvation slain. Thousand, thousand saints attending, swell the triumph of his train. Alleluia, alleluia, Christ the Lord returns to reign. Every eye shall now behold him, robed in dreadful majesty. Those who sat at naught and sold him, pierced and nailed him to the tree. Deeply wailing, deeply wailing, shall the true Messiah see. Those dear tokens of his passion, still his dazzling body bears, cause of endless exaltation, to his ransomed worshippers. With what rapture, with what rapture, gaze we on those glorious scars. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty, ever-living God, who brings salvation to all and desire that no one should perish, hear the prayers of your people and grant that the course of our world may be directed by your peaceful rule and your church rejoice in tranquility and devotion through Christ our Lord. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God The Prayer to St. Michael St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen.
Prayer of Deliverance Almighty God and Father, we beg Thee through the intercession and help of the Archangels, St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel, for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one, from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. Celebrating 2,000 years of truth, this is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Hi, this is Larry Massey, owner of Holy Bear.